Hello, welcome back to another episode of Ask Someone Else. Today we're going to be talking about doing deals in London with another amazing guest. Um, I'll get him added in as soon as possible. If you don't already know, these podcasts or these Insta Lives are now available on Spotify, Apple Music, or Apple Podcasts, sorry, Amazon Podcasts, and loads of other great places. So if you can't watch the video now, you can always sign up there. Um, save us and download them and listen to them at a later date we're gonna get my guy involved um today let me find him let me find him right now get my guy oh bro you have to download the latest version of um instagram for me to be able to add you in i've just checked and that's why i can't send you an invite at the moment so if you can do that my brother then i can get you added in asap um in the meantime just thank everyone for joining me. Um, so today we're going to be talking about what it's like in the current market conditions to do deals um, in London, which includes um, sourcing them, how we go about dealing with um, actually the refurbs at the moment. Um, so yeah, he's going to be logged in very soon. In the meantime, if you do have any questions, I'm going to ask to use the comment section so we can pin those questions and then we can get everybody really good answers. So whilst, uh, whilst my brother is just updating his app so he can join us today, let me answer a couple of questions quickly. Do I ever deal with rent to rent nowadays? Rent to rent, um, funny enough, so I started in development, realized that I can't just live off these blocks of capital that are coming in. Um, so I started a rent to rent business or co-founded a rent to rent business 2014 slash 15, ran that for five years, um, but no longer actually do rent to rent as my focus now really is just development and I didn't have the time to do both. So I had to focus on one rather than the other. Um, rent to rent was amazing because it did give me the cash flow and the flexibility to take time to go out there and you know have periods where I wasn't having money coming in from you know from developments and stuff like that. But again, yeah, if you do have questions, make sure that you do put them you know put them in the um, in the comment section so I do get to those whilst we are just getting the apps updated. Um, let me try now. Let's have a look. I think I think that's it. We should be able to get him in now. Let's double check. I've just sent you the invite, so let me know if you get that. How's it going, brother? You all right? Oh, I don't know if I can hear you. Go and try again. Nah, still not, still not there. You might have to disconnect from the AirPods, maybe. I'm not sure. Can anybody else? Oh, there you go. I can hear you now. No, I heard you for a second, like literally a split second, and then we lost you. Literally. Can anybody else? Sam? Sam, can you hear him? No, 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 no. I'm not hearing anything. Uh, give me one second, one second, one second. One Actually, second. So, so now I can hear you again. Now you're saying one second, I can hear you. Now it's gone again. I don't, I don't know. Your technology, bro, you're worse than me. <laughs> I never get rid of headphones. One second, one second. Yeah. 
Me now? Oh, okay, we can hear you now. It's loads better. Don't worry, man. Give up, give up on the headphones. Give up on the extra tech and just embrace it. Nah, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. What are you saying? Okay. I'm good, brother. I'm good. How you doing? You feeling better now? Yeah, yeah. Much better now, man. Much better we, kept, now, man. We, kept, we kept missing each other. Um, I was away. Then you weren't well. Back and forth. We got you in finally, which is good. Yeah, man. I, you was enjoying life. I know. I had to. You know, I had to, I had to get. You know, what I mean, we had to make sure that this this was staying fresh. We had to recharge. Yeah. Sometimes life isn't all about work. Sometimes you got to recharge. It's like with the gym. Some of your best your best gains come from that time off. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You're I agree. giving yourself time to recharge. I asked you before, but after, how do I pronounce your name right? Because I hate pronounce. Yeah, yes, yeah, it's, it's a tricky one. Um, a lot of people find it difficult to pronounce it. So the best way um, yeah. to make it easy. So imagine saying like Louise. Yeah. Take the L off and put the M on. Okay, so Louise. That's it. That's Maurice. it. Louise. Okay, okay. I just wanted to, to make sure. Nice. So t- today, but Louise, um, I wanted to speak to you. Got got some mutual friends. I don't think we've actually ever ran into each other in person. We've no. got quite quite a lot of mutual friends. Obviously, been how long have you been in property for now? A little while now, you know. Um, well, I started when I was sort of twenty one. When I was twenty one, so and you're how old now? Thirty seven now. You how old? Thirty seven. My fine boy. For you, I thought he was nine. <laughs> Okay, so that's yeah, it. I, I, I get that all the time, man. I get that all the time. But... Yeah, smooth. Smooth. Okay, so yeah, so you've, you've really, really been in it for a long time, man. You're in for the long haul. You've seen, you've seen stuff and maybe actually some of the stuff that I missed out on, like some of the, the great, the, the previous, almost like previous gen mortgage opportunities that were available a while ago. Um, the, you know, we like, you know I, I, missed, I missed that part, you know. I, did, I, I didn't, um, I saw, I, I guess my first property was one mm-hmm. of the gems. I was lucky in a sense. But um I've been sort of like an investor that sort of jumped in and jumped out. Hasn't okay. like uh, uh this is what I'm doing and I'm just gonna follow it all the way through. Do you understand? Know okay. I wonder so, I had my hands in different sort of pies and just sort of do you know what I'm saying? So from a from a property perspective, what would you say like where, what's your like brief rundown of your journey, what you kind of and what you kind of do and what you're currently up to? Yeah, so um so what I'm currently doing right now is um, I'm sort of focusing on sort of the, the BRR strategy okay. right now. So um, so I used to purchase property quite quite a bit in the past, and mm-hmm. then um, I sort of focused on rent-to-rent, sort of the management mm-hmm. side of things. Um, and now I'm sort of coming back to that point where John Stan looking for potential deals to add value. Um, I'm, more, I'm, I'm more sort of like trying to hold trying to hold mm-hmm. a lot more to build up the wealth and build up the cash flow as well and obviously the mm-hmm. capital appreciation as well for long term um mm-hmm. but yeah so that, that's my sort of focus at the moment um mm-hmm. at this point now definitely because i'm like we're sort of doing the same thing but i get slandered a lot of the time because i don't do brrr and i flip a lot yeah, yeah. and we see a lot of people get onto me particularly because of the tax exposure that i have from selling mm. and um that i'm not obviously retaining the assets yeah yeah um, but my, my rationale behind that effectively is that I'm just still trying to build up this working capital pot yeah. because, you know, I think the, the the more capital that we have available, the bigger deals we can do. And the, the bigger the deal, the less people there is to go out and buy them. Yeah. So with the less, you know, less potential demand for those bigger deals, potentially the higher margins we can get. And yeah. then at that point in time, hopefully I'll be able to, you know, be doing deals where retaining sort of you know getting 100 percent of the money out etc and keeping you know these massive development projects and being able to keep all of them 
No, it makes sense. It makes sense what you're doing as well. Um, and I, and I, from from what from what I've seen as well, obviously the competition's a lot less. Mm. Deals, do you understand? Yeah, there's a lot more competition on anything that's a bit cheap. Do you understand? Yeah, flocking to that. Exactly. When like see like the auctions. When you see like you know, I'm sure we've probably looked at loads of the same auction lots. When you see like maybe you know this little rundown two bedroom flat in South Nord and the guide price is 130,000. <laughs> You've literally got every every one of the 40,000 followers, every one of your followers, <laughs> everybody <laughs> else is all looking at it. Because your, next, your next door neighbor, everyone. Everyone. <laughs> and then you've also got the owner occupiers, people that are maybe, you know, middle class that are getting a deposit from their mum and dad or, you know, the people that are just saying, look, I've just got a bounce back loan and I want to get into property and it's my first one. So so much competition. Exactly. So sometimes being able to do those, um, you know, different types of deals sort of creates less competition, which means you can get higher margins. But I think what's interesting is that we're both doing the same thing, mm. but have different strategies. Because a lot of the time, people, I'm sure people ask you this as well a lot, like, oh, how do I do this? Or I want to get into property and how should I do it? Mm. But the reason I don't necessarily answer that question directly is it's really circumstance reliant on yeah. what you want out of it. Definitely. It's not. It's not an easy. It's not an easy. Um, it's not an easy question to answer. Um, and like, like you said, depending on your situation, depending on your focus as well, you know, it's a bit difficult. Because um, I, I get a few people hit me up asking me, you know, should I go down? Should, should I do a flip? Should I mm. hold? Should I do this? Should I do that? And it's just, it's difficult. It's very difficult. Um, I think it all depends on whether you are focusing on the capital. Or you're focusing on the cash flow, do you understand? Yes. And it all depends on your situation at that point. Now, for me, at, at this point now, I'm focusing on cash flow. You know, very soon I'll start focusing mm. on capital as well, because mm -hmm. as you know, in this game, you run out of money quickly. Do you understand? Exactly. Like, goals like that. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's it's a difficult, it's a difficult question to answer. But I guess yeah. um, anyone sort of thinking, you know, which way should they sort of go? I think the best thing is to look at your own current situation. You know, in terms of what is it that you actually need right now? Do you know what I'm so once you can answer that question yourself, it'd be a lot more easier to then have that follow-up question with someone like yourself or someone like me or whoever. Do you understand in that field? No, I think I think that's great advice because if you don't fully understand your situation and what you want to get out of not just property but any investment venture, then it's going to be difficult for somebody to advise you if you don't fully understand your own circumstance first. Definitely. down to what you have like so whether it's time capital expertise experience network and how best to utilize them and then what you want to get out of it like you said whether you want income because it's like everybody and but the other thing is if you ask anybody that question everybody's answers both yeah 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 so um but i i, I guess i guess you can do both no? you, you can but for me it's like so the the reason i don't do brrr is because i feel like if i want an investment property mm. let me go and find a specific investment property that yields really well mm. and if i want somewhere that i can add value to let me find a specific property with a scope to add value but mm. trying to find a property that ticks both of those boxes mm. is really hard and then you get stuck in that whole kind of like analysis paralysis where you'll spend all this time analyzing so many deals and none of them stack up perfectly because you're chasing this perfect deal yeah 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 so sometimes it's better to maybe I, in an ideal world if someone can find me a deal that gives me both i'm gonna take it all day and exactly, so are you exactly, exactly but finding that deal 
sometimes you can spend so much time not doing anything that you don't actually get to start moving. Um, what, what, what I realise is that there's no perfect deal. And I, yeah. I had to learn the hard way, do you understand? Because mm. um, sometimes you can find yourself sort of taking so long to try and find this deal that sort of ticks all the boxes and whatever it may be. And, you know, you just sometimes you just got to go out there and just make it happen because there's no perfect deal. I don't know, you might disagree or disagree, but there's no perfect deal that ticks all yeah. the boxes. I mean, like, they, they, I guess there is, but it's what we call a unicorn. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We, they, they come across so rarely, you don't even know if they're made from fairy tales or if they're real. And even the one you had, it, it like they come across so infrequently that you can't even remember if it was a dream that you found that deal. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm sure we've got a lot of the brothers. We've got Luke's Properties. We've got Alfred. I know I saw, um, we've got Kelly. We've got, I saw Sam Norris. We've got a lot of experienced property people in there, which I'm sure will ag agree with um with that that you know finding the perfect deal you're enough of time if you don't get emotion nothing happens <laughs> so you gotta you gotta get something you gotta get something done um so what was your so that was what 16 years ago what was your first deal in property like how did that look yeah the first deal um i'm not gonna sit here and pretend that i knew what i was doing do you know what i'm saying i mm. did literally um I just stacked up some money mm. and, you know, I think like a lot of us, we watch Homes Under the Hammer, do you know what I'm saying, which you had the privilege of being on, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and there's something about that show that just attracts you about, about property, you just think, oh, yeah. do you know what I'm saying? Because you see it, it's like, it's like they, they make it almost such steps, like, okay, you buy, you spend, mm. you add value, you sell for more. It's like, yeah. it takes all of the complex of, I've got to find a solicitor and the auction and that. It's just all you hear are those key things: buy, spend, sell for more. That's exactly. literally the, the you know the core of any business. Exactly, exactly. So um, so yeah, so um, I, I started looking um around for property. Um, so I found, I think I was lucky. I found a property mm -hmm. literally on the market, which was a repossession property at the time mm -hmm. as well, and it was actually on the market as well, which. Well, that wouldn't be happening. Can you just, because a lot of people might not know what a repossession is. Can you oh, okay. explain that? Okay, yeah. so um, repossession basically is that the property has been taken away from somebody else, um, you know, for whatever reason. Could be they haven't paid their mortgage or, you know, could be some other situations. Mm. Um, so, yeah, this property was literally on the market. As soon as it came on the market, um, it was in Lewisham, um, Lee Green. Mm -hmm. is that um went down there loved it straight away into the space did it have did it have like the tape around the boiler and the tape around the taps and stuff yeah yeah <laughs> so that's if you don't know if you see a property online and zoom through a right move and you see this yeah uh white and red tape like around the taps yeah, yeah. and white and red tape around the boilers just know that chances are that's your repo that means exactly. they want to sell quickly if you go in quickly you can get it for a good price so exactly. that's that's a key right there exactly so um so yeah literally um yeah i think it was on the market for 150 mm -hmm. like that um bearing in mind that this was worth two something at the time like 220 yeah. something like that at the time um and i think i ended up getting it for 147 Always, always got to put in a cheeky offer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I always, always go low. Mm. Sometimes that, that's that's actually um, gone against me. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I think I was going to say we'll touch on that afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, so yeah, got for one four seven. 
didn't need much work, you know, bit of paint, whatever. Mm. But um, obviously, the, the, the perfect thing about that is I had equity in it already. Do you understand? Yeah. Money on the table already um, with that. And um, but like I said, when I when I first started, I didn't know what I was doing. So this was an amazing property. It had X amount of money in it already. Mm -hmm. I could have refinanced that and gone again. Do you understand? But my mindset was, nah, nah. You know what? I'm gonna stack up on the side, get more money, go and buy another property, which I done. Mm -hmm. Sort of like a year and a half. Later. Okay, so you didn't refinance. You literally kept it with all no, of the. Oh wow! I didn't refinance at all much later on. Do you still own that property? Yeah, I still own it. I still own oh, it. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah, so, I did, I'm upset. Like, the early ones, I didn't keep any of them. But, like, they were some great ones. So I look yeah. back on them now and I'm like, eee. It gets like that. It gets like that sometimes. But you can't, you can't keep everything. Oh, someone asked, how many bedrooms was the property? Uh, it was a two-bed. Two two okay, nice. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, we are, we are talking a long time ago, but yeah, you, yeah. Said, you said Lee Green. I think for those that know the area, sort of know Southeast in general, you, you know what a two bed's worth, give or take, right now. Exactly. So, in terms of, you know, obviously, the, um, but yeah, keeping it. Because I guess at that point in time, if you said it was worth what, about two, two fifty? So now, so now, two beds in that location, they're worth about sort of like the 300, 320 yeah. around in that location. By the time when you bought it, what do you think it was worth with like it a tidy up? 20. I'll say about 220. Yeah, about 220. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, so straight away, you had like, you know, straight away, you would, you would have had, um, you know, equity in the property of at least twenty five percent. So you could have, yeah, like you said, literally taken your money out of it you put in originally and exactly and again. Exactly, and that, that's what I would have done. Do you understand? Know if I had the the knowledge, the, the hindsight. Well, hindsight's yeah. a wonderful thing, but I think that that's where I think it's important to talk about what we spoke about and and your transparency to say at the beginning of your journey, mm. you didn't re you didn't know everything, mm. but you you found the deal yeah. and. I think I've literally, I'll, I'm going to say this again, and for people that listen to these regularly, they're probably just telling women to tell me to shut up, I say it all the time. Mm. But, like, starting, for me, is like, you know, you have to start at some point. You have to actually get going and do things. But if you find the right deal, you can make a lot of other mistakes after that. Because let's say, for example, you bought that property and it didn't just need painting. It actually need a full refurb, you know, it needed rewire, it needed everything. Exactly. Even if you spent £20,000 on that property... Exactly you would still be quids in because you found the right deal. Mm. So a lot of the time, like, we've got to not get stopped overanalyzing. Obviously, still always do your due diligence, mm. but if you are presented with a good opportunity, the best way to get, you know I mean, to get value out of that is to actually take steps to go forward with it. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I totally agree. I think, um, I feel like with anything, anything in life, you understand, if you want to try, yeah. if you want to try and get to something, the best way is just to get started sometimes, you know, yeah. Uh, I think you can overanalyze and overthink it and think about all the negatives and mm. actually think about the positives. The and positives. You know, further yeah. down the and, um, and start, you know, feeling a bit scared and what if, what if, what if. If you're thinking about all that and it's not for you, you need to literally just... Yeah, like, because in, it, investment at the end of the day, like, you know, any investment has an element of risk. Mm. That's why you have risk versus reward. But you have to trade off, um, you know, what your potential risks are and are they worth the potential rewards? Mm. And there could be loads of things that could have been, you know, wrong with the property. But working out, okay, look, you know, you, and it is good to do your due diligence to make sure you think about the what-ifs, but think about them from a rational perspective in terms of quantify them, work out, look, okay, how much would this cost me? How much would that cost me? 
am I still in a positive scenario? What's the likelihood of all these bad things happening versus the good things? Mm. And just and do that sort of analysis of you know of the deal itself. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that was my first deal, um, an amazing deal. I still have it now. Um, it's cash burn really well. I don't have a single penny in that deal. I've refinanced that property probably twice over now. As then, so um, that's great. Do you know what I'm saying? So you know, a deal, a deal like that could start you off in your journey. You know, uh, in a positive, re in a positive way. Um, so then after that, picked up something in Brixton. Um, Lucky got in there before the whole Brixton boom, you know, you know, the whole. Yeah, people have made millions in Brixton. Like, but when I say people, I'm not even talking about like institutional investors. I'm just talking like owner occupiers that just bought at the right time and bought early enough. So I'll let you get back to the Brixton story. But one thing I wanted to say is like, say, for example, when people talk about when the right time to buy is. People that weren't waiting for the perfect time or for the market to crash or for loads of other things just bought in Brixton at the right time before the boom. Mm. They may have seen house prices drop a little bit, you know, when markets changed or conditions changed. But long term, people bought houses for £400,000, like, you know, in Hearn Hill, for example, that are now worth £1.6 They've made a million over the course of maybe a sort of 15, 20 year period just yeah. from buying, that could be their residential property that they put in, you know, their 10% deposit at however many years ago. So when people are saying, oh, you know, I wouldn't buy now and I'd, I'd be careful, I think you do have to always quantify that with, particularly if it's going to be your residence or somewhere you're going to own for the long term. Yeah. Grass is generally speaking, there's been a very upward trend. I think, um, I think location is key. I think, um, mm. uh, you know, just thinking about all the properties that I currently own, you know, all the locations are, loca you know, locations that I, I could potentially live myself, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, but also, um, it's just in terms of, you know, in terms of like long term, you always got to think about plan B, you know, if I, when I do plan to sell it, if I do plan to sell it, I can sell it quickly as well, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not in a location where, I don't, I don't, I don't want to mention no location, you know, I don't know where everyone's from, but there's certain locations that I just wouldn't touch John's then yeah. so. you know what they see in, in London right now mm. there's, there's not a lot of locations that and even at locations that people wouldn't have touched historically mm. like so for example there was a period mm. where like Thamesmead for example was like yeah. was like people were like no don't touch it don't touch it because of um, you know that oh yes it, it, it was you know it's no good for X, Y and Z but mm. when we look at the trends of like you know Thamesmead is still on the river Mm. When people start, you know, when people when, when when you get your Barrett homes and they start building up on the river and you start having Thames Thames um, Thamesmead waterside waterfront yeah. developments, yeah, yeah, those same properties that people are saying, oh, I'm not going to touch them on that X Y Z, the same thing's going to happen to bricks, and that's why for me, I was investing quite heavily for stuff that I'm keeping in the long term mm. within the Greenwich borough, and that was like seven years ago, and now we're seeing what's happening, you know, over there. Yeah, Greenwich Gren is great. Greenwich is a great location. Um, sort of, um, obviously, um, well, what areas? Where is the, are you sort of investing around, around Greenwich? So, um, I was like Plumstead just because value for money of what you could yeah, get. Yeah. Well, Plumstead slash Woolwich yeah. um, was where I was looking at. I didn't, Blackheath was, as part of Greenwich had already seen yeah. quite a hike. It was already quite a high. But yeah. what I was seeing was that, you know, you had your Barrett homes and Berkeley homes. They were building like 2,000 units. 
on, on the waterfront, like a two-bedroom flat there was about half a million pounds in these new builds. Mm. But a quarter of a mile away, you could get a three-bedroom, you know, terrace house mm. over three floors for 350000 400, mm. So naturally, as you know, people start to, people that are moving into the area and are buying these two-bedroom, you know, flats for half a million, mm. they're quickly going to be looking at the value for money they're going to be getting you know, just on their doorstep. So you're going to see that, you know, that have an inflationary price impact on the houses in the area. Mm. That's sort of, sort of my focus. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that makes sense. Um, I, I've seen I've seen the growth in that location as well. Do you know what I'm saying? So I think, um, obviously, being from um, South London, mm. um, in terms of, you know, in terms of, like, even talking about my investments, mm. you know, generally, they're all from South, they're basically... Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm the same, <laughs> like, literally, because it's, it's touching, like, I, I know that I can get to them, exactly. I know your, your power team, the people who are around you are there, so, yeah, exactly. for me, if, if I can do it, like, I've always said, I wanted to focus on um, areas that geographically I know, because, like, you know, for example, the difference between that, the best road and an average road in Brixton. Yeah, 100%. Like, the difference between somewhere that's still going through development versus somewhere that is tip-top. If somebody sends you a deal, you'll mm. quickly know the difference and how to appraise that deal. Whereas if it was an area in North London you don't know as well, yeah, it's going to exactly. take you a lot longer to have a look at it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's... it's yeah, it, I feel like you said, you know, in terms of South London, I know it like back of my, my arms, you know what I'm saying? Mm. I know all the areas, you know, growing up in Camberwell, mm. sort of in the centre, do you understand? Yeah. So, Brixton, Peckham, obviously further out. So, um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, back to the Brixton story. So, what I was mm. saying is, yeah, so, yeah, that's my second purchase. Yeah. And nothing special. Nothing like, do you know what I'm saying? Nothing special. Um, but I got in there at the right time. Um, and, yeah, I got it for, I think I got it for 200k at the time. And uh, that, that property is worth 400 and 30 about 430 that's also yeah. a two bed as well do you know what i'm saying so you can see the pattern i was just focusing on just sort of two beds yeah two beds two beds you know for me it was just like they were easy they were simple not much work to do they have to think about the whole building and all that sort of stuff mm -hmm. and so it was more of a you know looking at the risk as well you know we talk about the risk yeah know, starting out and everything like that so i thought going into this not really know what i'm doing but i know i want to invest I know what property is, and I know it's the right thing to do. Let me start this way, do you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, and then um, started, um, then I went to Bromley, bought something with Bromley. Um, but all, these, all the properties, are, all of them are all below market value, do you know what I'm saying? So there's nothing that I've purchased at market value price. Like, since that, till today, I've never bought anything that's all black. If it's 400k, I've paid 400k, I've always bought it below market value, whether it's been 25% or more. Um, so yeah, went to Bromley, and from Bromley, funny enough, I do have a property that's not in South London, it's actually in Manchester. Okay. I do have a property like in Manchester as well. Um, that was just literally off the off chance. I went to one of those sort of, um, um, what do you call them? Those seminars. You know, yeah. seminars, you know, the sort of two day seminars and they try to sell you stuff and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> and you bought a house. <laughs> <laughs> and I bought, I bought a house. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I went, went there um, and uh, I was asking loads of questions, but they were talking, they were talking about properties up, you know, up north and stuff like that. So I was asking so many questions 
And then I started doing some research in the, in, in the area, Manchester, Northern Quarter, to be, to be precise. Um, so I started thinking, okay, Northern Quarter, that's like the Soho of London. Okay, mm -hmm. let me see what's going on there. I saw there's a lot of Chinese investors investing out there, buying everything in cash. I was like, hmm, interesting. I want, I want part of this. You know follow, follow the money. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So I'm looking at the return of the investment. I'm seeing, okay, well, I can get out there in terms of the cash flow and everything like that. So it just all made sense, and I just went straight in. Do you know what I'm saying? Got mm -hmm. signed out there as well. And then, um, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Then, um, then I've done a sort of like a, a flip deal for the auction. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, you, might, you might know what I'm talking about. So it's, it's sort of a thing where you... Um, you sort of put a, a reserve on the auction property before mm -hmm. it goes to auction. Mm -hmm. yeah. So um, if it sells for more, then yeah, you split. The, yeah, yeah. What's it? What's it called again? There's, there's a term for it. I can't remember. It. That's why I was explaining it the way I'm saying. Um, it. Uh, that's gonna bug me. Somebody commented. Who's in it that would know what that's called? There must be someone from the auction in there. Sa Sam should know. I feel like Sam should know what it's called. Um, oh, that's going to bug me. But yeah, go on, explain it. Explain right. it in more detail. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so, yeah. So, you, you basically, uh, you put a reserve on the auction property um, before it goes on. And generally, it's like, um, it'd be the properties that may not get enough interest. Do you understand? So, on, on, the, on the day. So, you obviously talk to the auctioneer and they, they'll give you the option to do that. Mm -hmm. And um, so the risk, well, it's not a risk. Um, obviously, if it doesn't go over the price that you, let's say, for example, you, you put down 200K, you say 200K is, is my limit. And if it doesn't go over 200K, then obviously you have to buy it for 200K. So, so you have to put down your 10% as if you're going to buy it anyway. Yeah. But if it then sells for 300K, you know, in the auction house, then you, um, the difference between the 200 and the 300, you will split that. With the auction house. What is it? It's not, it's, not, it's not overage or something. Is it overage? Nah, nah, nah. No. It's not overage. Um, it'll, come, it'll come to me. Um, yeah. So I've literally... Come to me. But yeah, so yeah, I was, so I was doing that for a bit, you know, just making quick... quick yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? So, um, so that was really good. Um, and it's not something I knew before. The, yeah. the same sort of thing. As, as you're going through this property journey, you're then meeting people... You know, and understand certain things, you know different terms, different creative finance ways to exactly, do deals. Exactly. So, you know, you then understand that, you know, I can buy a property in different ways. It's not just get a deposit, get a mortgage and buy. There's okay. other ways that you can do it in a creative way where you don't have to actually put down anything. Do you know what I'm saying? Exactly. And, and Underwriting, that's it. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. Yes, yeah, that's thank it. Thank you. Right. Bird, bird, FMA property coming through the gems. <laughs> thank you, thank you. At least so, someone switched on today. <laughs> so, no, yeah. So, so, I think yeah, there's, I mean, there's so much different stuff that you touched on, like, I think on just even just through this, like, beginning part of your journey. Mm -hmm. um, the first off, which I think was interesting, is that we talked about putting in a cheeky offer. Mm. Um, when it comes when it comes to obviously buying buying property and obviously everybody wants to get something for the best price but mm. as much as obviously in a lot of a lot of these conditions we are we are the buyer sometimes we're also the vendor and I'm sure we've been in positions where somebody's come to us 
and put forward a cheeky offer. And we said that offer's too cheeky to the point that, you know, in a most polite, polite term, tell yeah. the agents, tell that person not to come back to my house. <laughs> like, so I think that's just one thing to bear in mind that it's fine to put in a cheeky offer, but also bear in mind that you could, if you really want a property, you maybe need to put in an offer that's competitive or at least justify why your offer is the way it is. If you offend somebody, you could end up, they could end up taking a lower offer than yours, even if you're happy to go up in the long term. I think that's the key. You have to justify. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because, um, I mean, in the early days, I was just putting my cheeky offer, man. Do you know what I'm saying? I say, if they take it, they take it. They don't. You know what I'm yeah. saying? That's the sort of vibe I was, I was on. But I think you have to justify, you know, this is my offer. Reason. This is why. This is why X, Y, and Z, and this is what I plan to do. And, you know, yeah. and also the benefits as well for them. You know, I can move fast. I've got this in place. I've got that in place. You exactly. have to say exactly. You know exactly. Yeah, you sell you sell them your offer. Yeah. Exactly that. You make it as clear as possible. If you've got any things going for you, if you're a cash buyer, if you can move quickly, if you're experienced, present that. But then also by you doing that, it means they have an option to at least counteract your offer. Definitely. And it makes it also makes the estate agent's job easier because they're not having to justify on your behalf. You've done all the hard work and they're just pressing send. Yeah. So they don't become like almost like they're on one side of the negotiation. Definitely, definitely. I think that that's really important because a lot of people just put an offer forward but you need to remember there's, there's a, in everything there's ego like you know these people that own the property there's going to be ego and if it, it seems too cheeky people might take it personally yeah 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 yeah. and you know there's, there's the emotional attachment as well you know yeah. especially if someone's grown up in a, in a property from, from young and mm. you're now coming and offering a cheeky offer you know what I'm saying they're, they're obviously going to feel a certain way so um, it's just about, it's about getting the right balance I've got to get the right balance. That's what I would say. But yes, it's not nice when it, when it comes to you. <laughs> yeah, when it comes back to you. Yeah, now literally, I, I think I had the same thing. I had an off property on the market for like offers in excess of 425 and got, mm. got the offer like from the agent to say, we offer 400. Mm. Like, you know, the agents, you know, politely said, what do you think? And I just replied, like, right, one, one word, just no. They're like, oh, but what feedback should I give them? I said, don't worry, just, just don't respond. <laughs> So I've been on, I've been on both sides, so you have, to, yeah, yeah. you have to bear that in mind. Okay, so then, what were you working on at the moment, or what were you recently working on? Because I know it's yeah. following your journey with something you were doing recently. Yeah, so um, there's a few things in the background. So it's not everything I sort of like put out there. Mm. But um, so in terms of what I put out there is the property I was doing at Forest Hill. Okay, so that's, yeah, that's the sits bed HMO. Mm -hmm. um, so that was converted from a four bed to a six bed and we've mm -hmm. done single extension um, and just done full refurb on it um, mm. so yeah so that, that's done now that's done that's now done. Yeah, is, yeah, it, yeah. is it fully, fully rented? So, so yeah so what so initially we were going for the sort of the single professionals mm. um, but I've had the opportunity of um, working with the council someone that works with the council Mm -hmm. um, sort of like a guaranteed sort of rent sort of thing for five years so um, they're going to take over from September Okay, we've got an agreed amount um, which is a de very decent amount and basically for me not doing anything Ooh. Ooh, very very, yeah. very very decent yeah very decent. So, <laughs> okay so we're celebrating I like that very decent so yeah so, so yeah so literally I'm just waiting for them to sort of start their process in the September and um I'm in the process of doing the refinance as well. Um, so, yeah, I need that money back ASAP. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, so, again, that's it. You've got to, you've got to recycle that money. Yeah, 
exactly. so every, every second that, that, that money's in your bank account, it's not working for you. So exactly. as soon as it comes back in, you've exactly. got to make it go again. I think that's interesting, though, because I've, you know, I've got some HMOs myself and I found, obviously, during COVID, I've had a lot more voids or, um, you know, lack of not 100% occupancy in comparison to previous years. Mm. So I think, um, you know, sort of pivoting potentially into using a guaranteed rent company, despite the fact that you've, you know, you've been involved in rent event, you've been involved, you understand that, like, you know, the time exchange as well. If you don't have the time to manage it maybe as effectively and you can still get a good return, yeah. sometimes it is good getting a third party in to specialise and look after your assets for you so you can focus on, on that wealth creation. Just answer that question, yeah. Um, does the council also do the maintenance? Yeah, so they, they do the maintenance, not the building. Obviously, I'm in charge of the building, but in terms of the maintenance, everything else, then it's, it's all up to them. So literally, I'm not, I'm not doing anything at all. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Hands, hands off. Hands off. Um, just focus on still seeing yeah, it still. Uh, because that can just focus on other things, you know what I'm saying? So, um, so yeah, that's, that's what it is at the moment. Yeah. So, yeah, and also what I'm doing as well is I'm doing some project managing as well on the okay. in Crawley at the moment as well. So I'm going to post that actually at some point. Um, one sec, what's going on there? Yes, I'm, I'm doing that at the moment. Um, and I've got another potential deal, which I'm going to be starting very soon. So... I'm yeah, sure I'll be posting it on Insta at some point. So just, and, that, and that's what it's really all about, isn't it? That timeline of, okay, you finish a deal, exactly. you get it occupied, you get it paying itself, you get it washing its face and making you some income, and then you're refinancing at the same time that you're, you know, you're going to your other deal to start turning that around and doing, doing the same thing again. Exactly, exactly. I think um, someone asked you... Well, someone asked you, I think you can ask this, they said, do you have to pay the council for looking after your property? No, they pay me. <laughs> exactly that. So that's that's the joy of, you know, property investment and real estate that, you know, once you have an asset, you've got a product that other people want. So they will actually pay you to use your property and potentially some of the liabilities like repairs or voids are now being taken over by a third party and you can focus on other things. You do construction. Can I read all this question? Do you yeah, uh, you know, you're trying to read a question and focus is, is, is mad hard. <laughs> <That's isn't> <laughs> and you see when I do that, and I've got to try and read somebody's name. Oof, yeah. My head's gone. Uh, let me let me try. Let me try. As, as the expert host today. So somebody right. said, "Did you need a? Um, do you need a license to own a HMO? And if so, what's the process in getting one?" Yeah. Well, yeah, you do need a license um, for HMO. Um, the process. Um, no, you said, do you need a license? Oh, do I need a license? Yeah, yeah. I need a license. For, um, so you, you're, yeah, you're the license. Oh, do, 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 do I personally need a yeah. license? No, not me. The, the property, the property yeah. needs a license. I, I don't know if that, that's how they asked me the question, but... Yeah, the property, so, yeah, so, yeah, so property <laughs> needs a license, but not yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the property needs a license. Um, the process is just about getting contact with the, your, the, the local council... And um, understanding what the what the process is in terms of what is required to uh, make a HMO license. Um, so, for example, um, Lewisham was the borough that I was working in, and I was just onto them. You have to be onto them um, quite a lot because they tend not to get back to you. But um, I've, I've sort of created a good relationship with the main person 
in Lewisham Council. So literally, just a phone call. Um, told them exactly what I've done. They were happy. They they came down and they sort of checked everything, and that's it. You know what I'm saying? And if there's anything that you need to improve on, they will tell you and it will give you a time frame to sort of sort it out. So it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, no, I, say, I think it's just, I think, yeah, definitely building those relationships, particularly, you know, with your local councils, because if they come down and they inspect your property and they see that, you know what, Mises property is great, when mm. you've now got another app to put in potentially, you know, they're not going to be nitpicking it because they've seen the quality of your work and the kind of things... Um, that you've been doing. So I think it is important to build good relationships. And then you as the license holder, you so say you're the license holder, so you don't need a separate license, but you just have to meet certain criteria to be the license holder of the property itself. Yeah, 100. And um, also what you can do as well, um, you don't, you personally don't have to be the license holder. You can have a company to be yeah. the license holder as well. So in my case, that's what I've done. I put a company as the license holder. Um, for the property itself and it's just more to do with not saying that there's, there's going to be any any issues anything like that but I just prefer to have everything off my name and just have it transcend in a company just to sort of the risk yeah yeah okay that's fair enough that's fair enough um, that was an interesting question actually where was it do, 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 do. someone asked um, how did you finance your first deal um so yeah, um, just I was working part time, um, mm. working part time, and yeah, just sort of that's that's literally it, working part time. And but I, mean, I think more so than me, like was it a buy to let, residential, a bridge? Oh, okay. Um, no, it was, it was, it was just a it was just a simple buy to let. That was it. Okay, it was simple buy to let, and um, yeah, that, that was it. There wasn't anything special with it. It's just, just the right right property for the right price. Yeah, that's it. And um, I guess the main thing is um, I've made sure that in terms of my, what's the book I'm talking about now? It's just, it's, it's, it's gone, gone from my head. All right, all right. So it's, the, it's the pressure of trying to read <laughs> and everything. <laughs> it's coming, it's coming. Um, all right, mate, you're It's been a lot of good information for, for everyone, so. A lot of grateful people out there. Um, so, other questions, other questions. We'll get, you know, probably do another five or ten minutes. Um, somebody asked, have you heard about developers being able to do commercial to residential in Croydon without planning permission? Have you? Have I? That's your area, no? Yeah, yeah. Like, I've done some commercial to residential, again, similar to, like, you know, HMO requirements. Um, you have to not like credit specific but you have to be careful of changes in regulations and although there may be like a national guidelines that allow you to do certain types of commercial to residential they're also in the same way they can be article four for you know hmos can be similar stuff for commercial to residentials so just need to understand the area in which you're operating in in credit there was a massive over subscription so it's, a, it's more difficult to do, but you could see a lot of the big, you know, developments that were done in Croydon around the Wickiff Centre were done under, under that same directive. Um, I've only done one myself, so it's not an area, you know, that um, I know loads about. However, I'm trying to think who's really good at it. There's a guy called, um, I'm going to get him on, actually. I'm going to do a special about, um, yeah, all about, of um doing commercial to residential so i'll get his name um hope properties i think 
I'm going to get him on, but he does loads of direct-to-vendor stuff and loads of stuff with commercial to residential. So I'm going to get him to have a conversation about that so we can talk about that in more detail. That's definitely something that I'm going to be jumping on very soon as well, Um, commercial to residential as well. Um, Yeah. At some point, probably probably next year, early next year. It's good because also, particularly like one thing that the pandemic has taught me is it's good to diversify. So... So, like, for example, my commercial units where, you know, I'm not responsible for stuff that's going on, you know, in, or, you know, some of those are really good during the pandemic. Some of them weren't because people couldn't pay and vice versa. But then some of the single lets, and I'm sure potentially you've maybe found the same by having, you know, the place in Manchester, places in London, it's those buyer to lets that maybe helped a lot during a pandemic when things are different um, to obviously manage that income. <laughs> I lost you for a second again. I don't know what happened. Go on. I don't know if this is just me, but I can't hear you properly. Can everyone hear me? Okay, now I can hear you. Now you're back. Okay, yeah. I said the single lets. The single lets were sweet. I had no issues with them at all. Yeah. Can you still hear me or or you can't hear me? Yeah, no, I can hear you. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, I think what I was going to say before is about about your credit. Mm. like, you know, your credit is very important um, in this game. Um, so when I was starting out at 21, um, you know what I'm saying? I made sure that my credit was on point. And luckily, um, my dad used to help me out as well. You know what I'm saying? So what he what he used to do is he used to run my credit cards for me before, you know, I was running them myself. So that was actually building my credit in the background, without, you know, without me even knowing, yeah. you know what I'm saying, which, yeah. which was a good thing, you know. Very good. Yeah, yeah, so um, so that obviously helped in that process, you know what I'm saying, in terms of buying and stuff like that. Credit, I've never had an issue with my credit score, you know what I'm saying, throughout this whole period. Just um, making sure that it's always on point, always checking it on, you know, all, all the platforms to make sure that there's not an issue in the background, there's something you haven't paid or whatever it may be and all that sort of stuff, you know what I'm saying, so... That's why I would say just make sure your credit's on point. Um, try to use credit cards as much as you can um, to build that in the background. And, you know, just make sure it's very important to pay off things on time as well. Don't see it as minor things like your phone bills or stuff like that. Because all these things can help you, you know, in the long term when you start to invest. Definitely, definitely. So I think, I think that's a really good piece of advice. But just to end on, what give us one more piece of advice you give to somebody, you know, it could be any point in AJ, but somebody who wants to start getting involved in property development. Yeah, so um, what I would say is that um, it's hard to give as one advice, you know, so I'm going to give more than one, that's okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Bro. Yeah, all right. What I would say is try to um, get as much experience as you can. Um, so whether sort of um, following somebody that's doing it at the moment or working in an industry where, you know, that's the focal point, whether it's an estate agent or, you know, maintenance team or something like that. And, um, you know, once you have the the basic knowledge and you have the confidence, just get started straight away. Um, Because in terms of when is the right time to buy right now is the right time to buy. Do you know what I'm saying? So, you know, leaving it for long, price is just going to go up. That's, that's, that's the fact of it. Do you know what I'm saying? So, you know, 
I, I get a lot of people coming to me talking about, oh, there's going to be a crash, there's going to be this, I'm just waiting for this. I, I'm not sure what you're waiting for, do you know what I'm saying? Because the best way you're going to get a good deal is just by negotiating a good deal. That's it, yeah. do you know what I'm saying? You know, the deal that I got in Pro Steel is an amazing deal, do you know what I'm saying? So you're not going to get that on the open market and you're not going to get that whenever, do you know what I'm saying? It's just about negotiation, do you know what I'm saying? That's what I'll say. Yeah, and I think that that is all really, really good advice in terms of getting started now. In terms of yeah, if the the, the deal speaks, because there can always be a crash, but you can't like those things are too macro. Like we can't I, we can't dictate the economy. The economy is going to go the way it's going to go. But what we can do is dictate how much we're going to buy something for, how much you know potential equity we've built into a deal, how much value that we're going to add through our expertise and our experience, or through our you know team of expertise and experience. So I think that's that's really really key. I'm very glad we got you on finally. You know, I had to pin finally. you down, get this, get this experience on. Um, if you're just tuning in now and you've missed it, again, this is available on Spotify, Apple, and Amazon Podcasts. It's also going to be available on the YouTube Property by Kazi, or one word. I think we're a couple of followers away from three thousand to go over there. Okay, subscribe okay. to that. You know, we're trying to we're trying to we're trying to monetize so I can reinvest that. And you know, put um, put all these amazing things back into back into helping people out. So yeah, go subscribe if you're not already. Um, next week we've got Abby. Abby's going to be talking all about rent to rent and her experience of how she's done in rent to rent, how she's bought properties, how you can also get involved in rent to rent. She runs a couple of courses, so a lot of people are also asking about you know mentorship and how they can get somebody that can actually help them. Oh, I already hit 3K. Whoop, I already hit... But then go subscribe anyway. Let's make that 4K. You know, once we hit goals, we don't stop at them. We smash them and we keep going. So that's it. On to the next. Much appreciated, everybody, for signing in. Um, Louise, thank you for coming on. Uh, We'll definitely catch up soon. We'll we'll have to do the South London Property Developer Link-Up. We'll get you, Alfred, uh, FAA Property, a couple of other people. You know what I mean? We'll do something next. Before, before, before we go, bro, I was going to say big up to you, man. You're doing... Oh, thank you, my brother. Bro, honestly, do you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So, keep up. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. That means a lot, man. I try, bro. I try. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, my brothers, you take care and generous your weekend. Yeah.